Queen City Homicides is a true crime podcast that focuses on real stories based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Although true crime may be a form of entertainment for some, let it also be a tool for education and awareness. Let us never forget that these are real stories of real people. Listener's discretion is advised. The tally of people killed in Charlotte, all of which happened in just the past 24 hours. Chaotic scene in North Charlotte, East Charlotte. In West Charlotte, South Charlotte. Queen City made homicides. Take a listen. What's up, guys? It's Fatima, and we're back with another episode of Queen City Homicides. I apologize for the delay. Um... Last night, there was like a thunderstorm and my power got knocked out and I just couldn't continue doing the editing and the typing that I wanted to do. And then I had work today, so I had to get all that out the way. So I apologize for the delay, but we're back with another episode and I hope you guys are ready for it. So let's get started. So my attention was grabbed last Friday afternoon when a ring notification popped up on my phone about a missing Charlotte teen. As I was reading the notification, I got to searching and found that multiple news articles were already covering the story. In the midst of reading, I found three more names of missing teens in the Charlotte area. The question I asked myself then was, why am I just not hearing about them? Today's episode is going to cover the stories of three missing teens. Their cases are still open and ongoing. Now, if you're familiar with the Charlotte region, you know that we have about four major highways, I-85, I-77, I-485, and I-277. These highways can take you just about anywhere, but this has proven to be more of a negative impact than a positive one. I-85, for example, runs through a large portion of the southeast region in the United States, but over the years, the convenience of being able to get from point A to point B has been used by sex traffickers to move their victims from location to location without a trace. And with over 3,500 people reported as missing in the Charlotte area each year, it's hard to deny the possibility that sex trafficking may be involved. It should be noted that teens make up about 70% of the missing people reported, which means that each year, 2,450 of our teens go missing. Just two years ago, CMPD conducted Operation Carolina Homecoming, an operation that aimed to find missing and runaway teens in the Charlotte area. The operation resulted in finding over 150 teens, some of which had been missing for months. Many of the teens found had been living in hotels with either friends or older adults. Many of the teens had also either been involved in drug activity, prostitution, and were victims of human trafficking. It's sad to believe that there are individuals out there whose sole intention is to take advantage of children in vulnerable positions. Now, the stories I'm about to tell you may or may not involve human trafficking, but like I said earlier, I don't think the idea should be thrown out. On November 28, 2022, Cecia Sarahi Enamorado Matthew was last seen leaving her house on the 1800 block of Jeffrey Bryan Drive. That's the University Northside area of Charlotte. Her mother, Isis Matthew, stated in an interview with Progreso Hispano News that the car her daughter was driving had GPS. But on the day of November 28th, she said the car's GPS diverted from the normal route. She called Cecilia and asked why the route was diverted, and Cecilia told her that she was just running errands. The last known ping for the GPS was at the home of the person of interest, whose name I cannot find. After that, Isis states that the GPS was either removed or turned off. After her disappearance, her parents started receiving different texts and audio messages from Cecilia. The audio I heard was in bits and pieces, but she can be heard saying she needs help and someone is taking it out on her. 
Isis says that the last time she heard from Cecia was in January. Prior to the end of communication, Cecia would send messages letting her family know she was okay. But after January, our communication stopped and her phone was turned off. Isis says both the family and her daughter's friends have not heard anything from her since. Isis says that CMPD has not helped in the investigation to find Cecia. She says that all the information they have gathered has been on their own. Cecia disappeared on November 28th, but news articles, media attention, and police asking for the public's help did not begin until April 24th. That's five months later. Why are we just not hearing about her story? Where is the car she was driving? And who is this person of interest? Cecia's family just wants her home. They want to know that she's safe. Cecia was born on June 7, 2005. She's a 17-year-old Hispanic female. She has black hair and brown eyes. She's 5'2 and weighs around 140 pounds. The clothes she was wearing on the day of her disappearance is unknown. On January 18, 2023, Kamani Teasley was last seen running away from her school on the 7400 block of Tuckuskegee Road. And I'm sorry if I'm saying that road wrong. We just call it Tuck. So, but it's Tuckuskegee Road. <laughs> That's actually West Mecklenburg High School. Based on the information I could find, Kamani is known to visit the library in Uptown Charlotte as well as the Transit Center. She is also known to visit the hotels in the Sugar Creek Corridor. There really isn't a lot of information out there on Kamani besides the places she frequents. Kamani's family is concerned for her safety and is asking for the public's help. Kamani disappeared on January 18th, but the first articles reported on her disappearance weren't published until March 10th, just two months later. Just like Cecia, why was there such a delay to push Kamani's story out to the public? My questions concerning Kamani's case include, who saw her running from the school, and if they did, why was nobody notified? Did West Mech have any officials who could go out and look for Kamani? The time she was seen running away from the school is unknown, but we can assume that it was during school hours, so was no one available to try to track her down? Who or what was Kamani running from, or even... Who or what was she running to? It's very strange to hear a student was last seen running away from their school and no one asked any questions. No red flags go up for anyone. As soon as I read Kamani's article, immediate questions filled up in my mind. I'm sure if you're listening to this story, some questions have popped up into yours. Kamani's family just wants answers. They want Kamani home and safe. There is no official police report on the CMPD newsroom on Kamani, so I couldn't find her date of birth. But Kamani is a 14-year-old black female. She has black hair, which she wears in either protective styles like knotless or box braids, or natural, and she has brown eyes. Her height could be between 5'2 to 5'7, and her weight could be between 115 to 135 pounds. The clothes she was wearing on the day of her disappearance is also unknown. On February 13, 2023, Leanna Lang was last seen leaving Olympic High School. That evening, her family reported her as missing. CMPD believes that she was last seen with an older Hispanic male and black male. The first alerts that went out to notify the public of Leanna's disappearance was on March 2nd, 17 days later. On March 24th, an article was published that stated that the Clover Police began assisting CMPD in the investigation. Clover is a city in South Carolina about 30 minutes away from Olympic High School. Clover police believe that Leanna may have been in the city at some point in time with these two males. Two months would then go by before new reports came out that Leanna might be in Virginia. 
On May 4th, multiple news outlets reported on the fact that Virginia police suspect that Leanna may be in town. It doesn't state what information points them to that area, but hopefully it proves to be true when they can find her. Leanna is believed to be in Henrico County and can possibly be in the area of East Labyrinth Avenue or the Richmond Henrico Turnpike. And I apologize if I pronounced anything wrong. Henrico is about four hours away from Charlotte and almost five hours away from Clover, the last area she was reported as being in. The Henrico Police Department is also working with CMPD to locate Leanna. Again, so many questions fill my mind concerning the disappearance of Leanna. I understand that high schools have many entrances and exits, so it is a possibility that Leanna could have walked through one of the doors and left school. But it is also a possibility that she signed herself out. And if that's the case, in most schools, a student cannot sign themselves out without a parent or guardian. If this was the scenario, who would let her sign herself out with these men? If the school caught on camera Leanna leaving through one of the school exits and her family reported her as missing that same evening, why do reports on her disappearance not come out until 17 days later? I couldn't find Leanna's date of birth on any of the reports of her disappearance, but Leanna is a 16-year-old black female. She has black hair, which she wears naturally or in protective styles. Her eyes are the color brown. Her height is 5'6", and she weighs 120 pounds. The clothes worn at the time of her disappearance is unknown. Now, this story was originally supposed to cover four missing teens. Serenity Strickland went missing last Wednesday, May 10th, on the northeast side of Charlotte. On Friday, May 12th, media outlets began reporting the public on her disappearance. By Saturday, May 13th, Serenity had been found and reunited with her family. Serenity is a 15-year-old white girl, and as I was reading through her articles, I found the names of Kamani, Leanna, and Cecia. If Serenity never went missing, who's to say I wouldn't have found these other stories of missing teens? Now, the media coverage that happened immediately after Serenity's disappearance isn't a negative thing. I'm happy that action was taken to find her. I just wish that Cecia, Kamani, and Liana got that same sense of urgency. If the same attention was applied to them as it was to Serenity, maybe we could have found them sooner or had more information on their cases. The term missing white women syndrome popped into my mind. When missing white women, men, and children go missing, it seems like the entire world is out trying to find them. News outlets, social media, law enforcement, and communities are all in collaboration with each other to put the pieces of the story together. But when it comes to missing black, brown, and indigenous women, men, and children, rarely any outrage or attention is paid to their stories. It's frustrating, but not surprising. We see these same stories played out time and time again. Our kids go missing or get killed every day, and no one blinks an eye. No one cares. If they're lucky... They get a 30-second news clip. I mean, it's blatantly in our faces. A missing white teen goes missing and two days later reports are everywhere. But two black teens and one Hispanic teen go missing and nobody hears about their stories until days or months have gone by. So much information or assistance is lost when the public isn't notified, when authorities do not spring into action. I want to know how we can change that. How can we demand the same attention for Leanna? for Kamani, for Cecia, for the thousands of other missing teens. They are only 14, 16, and 17 years old. If anyone has any information that can help bring Cecia, Kamani, or Liana back home, please contact the CMPD Missing Persons Unit. And that concludes Episode 5 of Queen City Homicides.
If you guys have any questions, comments, or opinions on the story, please leave them on Instagram. If you have any case suggestions that you'd like me to cover, please send them to me. You know, as I always say, I want to cover as much as I can, even if there isn't a lot of information out there. And if you have any feedback on how I can improve the podcast, I'd definitely love to hear it. If you want to support the podcast, please like, share, and leave a review to help it grow. And I apologize if I mispronounce any anybody's names or any names of the streets or cities. Um, please feel free to correct me. And let's just hope that we can find Cecia, we can find Kamani, we can find Liana and bring them back home. I hope you guys stay safe out there. Bye, guys.